Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. It is the 4th of April, 2023, and I'm calling it 4-4. Okay. Yeah. You can call it whatever you want. 4-4. Welcome to 4-4, everyone. Yeah. It's a, it's a day that it reads the same everywhere, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah, even, even in uh, South African Cyprus, it's 4-4 today. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, we're all 4 4 in. Yes. And we are coming to you with our steamy cups of tea from our new podcast place. Yes, we are. Yeah. So we've always had the place. It's just been beautifully updated, upgraded. Yeah, you have to just say upgraded. So it's a, it's a room that um, we has always been our creative space outside of being a bedroom for <laughs> for one of the girls originally, but we've always used this space to, just as a creative place, but now it's uh, it's been, well, beautified, and it's just incredible. And it has such lovely windows and forest views. Yes, yeah. We like windows and we like forest views, so that's what we're having today. Yeah, because we were tucked in the little nook in our bedroom. Yeah. We didn't have any windows there. No views. Yeah, now we, we do. We have views now. It's kind of misty out there, is it? I don't know, but it's awesome. Okay, it's I too, guess it might it, be my glasses. It's, it's too dark <laughs> to, to know, but we'll know when it gets lighter. It's like when you have the sunglasses that have whatever that feature is, and then you're looking at the sky and you think there's all these rainbows, and then you realize it's your sunglasses. It's your, it's your glasses. Yeah, yeah. But this this place is just really cozy and wonderful, and we're excited, and the sound's probably a little different. It sounds different to us in our headphones, so we'll see if anybody else notices or yeah. how that comes out. Lots to learn. Yeah, it was very reverby, and then we put a rug in, that's really helped. It has, yeah. And maybe when we get the rest of our furniture in here, that'll dampen it a little too. But it's amazing. We're happy to be in here. Very grateful to Rashid and Patak and Tad for all the amazing heart they poured in to yeah. this space for us. Completely different. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sing. Are you going to sing? I'm I don't say we. I mean, enjoy. You, are you, you going sing? to sing? So it's happy birthday. To Captain. Captain. Happy birthday, yeah, Captain. Yeah, he's 14 today. 14 on 4-4. Four, four. Way to grow. It's just a perfectly placed date of birthday. Yeah. We're so, we're so excited for you. So happy to celebrate you, Captain. You're quite amazing. Yes. Happy birthday, Captain. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Ifad and Rachel. <laughs> Proud of you. Way, way to have, Captain. Yeah, you did great. We're, we're glad. Wake up one day and they're 14. I know. Just happens that way, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, so um, here we are. We have Pesach starting tomorrow night at sundown, I think, or something like it. No. Yeah, it's it's not tomorrow, but... Oh, it's not Wednesday. It's not April 5th. No. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carry on. So from I don't know. I don't yet know. So we're going to go. Yeah. So the other thing we have to say is that we just got back from South Africa. <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking when you're saying that about kids growing up, that was really the truth in South Africa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All the littles are not as little. Yeah. Except for the new littles who are quite little. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are we going to do with the littles, right? I don't know. The littles. They're yeah. growing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just back from Cape Town. We are. Yeah, Sunday night, Saturday night. See that? That's it. We don't know what day it is. Right. So I'm, yeah, it's all good. It was Saturday night. We got back. Yeah. And um, I I know this because for reasons that are too long to explain, I've been singing the Bay City Rollers for a long time now, you know. But Did um, Sapphire do that? Well, Sapphire kept talking about the rollers. Oh, um, right. The (laughs) way. And we were in a bay. And so, yeah. And then, of course, we left and it was Saturday night. And so I just sang Saturday night. Yeah. And we are glad to be home, but also missing Missing everyone there. Like, we are. Really, really aching. There's a lot of ache going on. Yeah. It was an amazing time. It was. Lots and lots to talk about, probably, in August. Yeah. We need to, uh, yeah, 
just process and journal and linger in ourselves because it was monumental. It really was. In so many ways. It really was. It seems to be interesting how Elohim does that. You know, we're starting the first of one of those triplet books. And mm-hmm. the, the last first of a triplet book was Bridges, which was Antarctica. And so it seems like the same kind of thing. Bridges, Crowns, and Waves were a triplet of books. And you have this massive land mission that started it. And we have the same kind of thing. It feels like lots of cool things going on here. So. Yes. So thank you, Sapphire and Cherub, for hosting us so wonderfully. And all the amazings who fed and watered us. I mean, that's the term they use, but it's so far beyond being fed and watered. We took pictures. Of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was impressive. It was like, dang. Yeah. They, they, they had like this long banqueting table that just had food all the way down it. Yeah. And so we brought home souvenirs. I, I have a unique one in that my phone that I took is, came back full of of salt water and so I have a new phone but I'll have that souvenir of my it's full of a wave of it is the ocean yeah Marmy was a phone dropper (laughs) it wasn't the dropping it was that when I tried to pick it up I had my hand on it it was just in the sand before I could get it picked up a wave came in and it got waved it got waved wow let's all wave it your phone okay I feel like I'm having to learn how to set things down yeah, on the desk and things now because it's all different sounds. and It is. And we, we do have a much, much different space, but in a good way. Yes. So I'm sorry if there's lots of bumping and the microphone's in a different spot, so I keep hitting it, but we'll, we'll adjust. We're going to get there. So we do, we do really do have Pesach. Coming <laughs> we really up. do. And... Um, so we all know Pesach, and we love it so much. It's that glorious story of Exodus 12, and uh, the story of Elohim rescuing the people of God and uh, from slavery, from being enslaved by the Egyptians, and how God did that in the night, and the wonderful story of the things that God told them to do to prepare, and then and then rescued them. And uh, the, the crucial thing that I hear about Pesach was the, is that the truth set God's people free. Mm-hmm. So the truth sets us free. And we could just have one of those. The yeah. truth sets us free. Yeah, that's one of the four cups. It is one of the four cups. So I'm going to start actually by reading Jesus in Mark 14. And that's cool because I love reading Jesus. And it's also astounding because it's very rare for me to read from Mark. But I'm reading from Mark because I really liked yeah, what Mark, unusual for you. Mark's version was, was the one I, I felt God was saying. So Mark 14, I'll start in verse 12. So on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, or Pesach and unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, or the rabbi asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he, the owner of the house, will show you a large room upstairs, listen to this, furnished and ready. Mm -hmm. Make preparations for us there. And so the disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. So that was... Mark 14, verses 12 through 16. So who on earth was this certain man that owned the house and had a large guest room furnished and ready for Jesus to eat Passover with his disciples? Who is this person, right? So I'm praying about this as Elohim showing it to me. And Elohim says that this man was like a fish out of water. This man was a royal priest 
in the generation that Jesus described as being faithless and twisted in Matthew 17, 17. So it was a generation that was not a generation of royal priests, but yet he was a royal priest. That's an incredible thing. And if you've ever wondered now, you know. But um, when, I, we, when Jesus said faithless, he didn't mean they didn't believe. He was saying they did not have intimacy. They did not have their own personal intimate relationship with God. And the fruit was obvious to Jesus. Jesus saw it everywhere he went. And so he said that, and it sounds so derogatory. But what Jesus was saying is, is this generation has no intimacy with God. But twisted, so why did he say twisted? Does that mean depraved? Well, what it means is religious. So Jesus is describing that generation as being religious and without intimacy. Kind of sounds like today. Um, not that everybody's that way, but that's just, that's just where we're at. Now, the generation, as we know, has chosen differently, but we still have brothers and sisters that we're here to rescue from that lack of intimacy and from that religious um, infrastructure that keeps people from intimacy. So um, this man who owned the house, Elohim says, was obviously a gatekeeper. So he prepared the way for the Lord to be with his sheep. He prepared the way for Jesus to celebrate Passover with his disciples and, um, and made the way. So remember John 10 verse 3, right? You have the shepherd, you have the sheep. And then you have the gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And we are the gatekeepers because gatekeepers were Levite priests in the Old Testament or the original covenants. And so today we are the gatekeepers as this chosen generation, the royal priesthood. So um, we are the ones who get to um, our intimacy leads to this preparation for those who will become the bride, those who will know Jesus and do mighty exploits. And um, so we get to be the gatekeepers for the shepherd to call the sheep. So this is, this is like the first thing God said to me is, do you want to have Pesach with Jesus this year? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so Elohim said, be the gatekeepers. Mm. So, I mean, that I could just like stop, right? I mean, that's like a whole podcast. Spend a um, an hour and just pray over the next 24 hours and just pray, wow, Lord, we want to be the gatekeepers. We want to respond to you today and tomorrow. And in this season, we want to respond to you and prepare the way for you to have Pesach with the sheep and that there would be, um, what, what does that mean? Well, it would mean that the truth would set them free. Mm -hmm. Because who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, so I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so, okay. But, I'm, you know, that could be the end of the podcast. But it's not. Got lots more to do. So off we go. So while we were in South Africa, we had the honor of going to Betty's Bay. Mm -hmm. And we could spend like three hours just talking about Betty's Bay. Yeah. And we're not going to get to do that. But... Betty's Bay is this wonderful coastal community south of Cape Town, and it's just glorious. And yeah, anyway, like I said, we could go on and on and on, mm -hmm. but um, it's coastal. So think, um, it's the West Coast, so think of South Africa. So think if like if you were in California and you were driving on Highway 1, it's the same idea. So you're driving on this highway, and it's just it's just hugging the coast. And so we're, we were coming from the north, headed, headed south. So the, um, the mountain ranges were on our left, which is the east side, and then the ocean was on our right. And so we're driving. And, you know, it's, it's a little windy because, of course, you know, it's following the mountains and the mountains were so pretty. Oh, my goodness. You have this glorious thing in, in South Africa where the mountains literally come to the sea. Yeah. It's such a dramatic drop in um, elevation. And, but, you know, so most of us would think that it's so dramatic that it's just a rocky shore, but it's not. And it's not cliffs either, per se. It, it actually comes all the way down and becomes flat. And then you have a beach and then you have the ocean. It's like, 
so you're on the beach and you literally look one direction, ocean, look the other direction, mountains. Wow. Okay. So that was longer than I thought it was going to be, but <laughs> okay. it was worth it. Was it. Wor- yeah. Very it deserves worth it. that. So it turns out that on this glorious highway, there are these little spots that um, were built by those who built those roads. And, and so you've got like a paved highway, but then you have like these cobblestone pull-off areas where you can pull off in order to take pictures, which is the coolest thing ever. So also at one of those spots was a roadside coffee stand. Yes. And we pulled off for coffee, which is wonderful. The roadside coffee stand. It's just this concept is beautiful. It reminds me of something Katham would do um, and something Reese once had. You know, it's mm-hmm. just those places where they had these little stands where they were making coffee and they were making cappuccinos and... And, and were, tea cappuccinos. They had tea <gasps> cappuccinos. I didn't know there was such a thing so I could have a cappuccino without caffeine. Where has this been all of our lives? Seriously. So, In you know, South Africa, that's think, where it's been. Yeah, so I had a I'm sure it's double, else, double decaf cappuccino and it was really awesome. So, but we had a choice of biscuits, which, you know, as we know, are cookies. Um, in America, we call them cookies, but there they call them biscuits. And they call them biscuits in Cyprus, too, and all of Europe, really. Um, so we, um, we were obtaining these biscuits, and um, I was eyeballing this bar. And it was this, like, this granola. It, it wasn't a marshmallow, but it was like a granola um, bar. And I thought, you know, it had a couple of like chocolate chips in it. And I was, <laughs> I was eyeballing that. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to get that. And so Sapphire, who's got one eyebrow raised is like getting like loads of biscuits. Cause she's, she might know better, but she was like, well, I don't know. Is that bar going to be any good or not? We don't know. So we'll let Haikel take a bite and find yeah, out. Yeah, She, she tried to warn you. It's like Mikey from the, what is that cereal? The life life cereal. Yeah. So anyway, that was the seventies when I dated us all. Oh, at least half you're of us. Say it, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, so I take my first bite and while I'm chewing it, Sapphire asked me, is it wasted calories? So what a perfect question. It was just like a boom. I'm like, Oh, and I get that. It's like, Hey, you know, calories are a big deal. So we're choosing our calories and we're like, okay, I'm going to have like protein and I'm going to have good fats and, and if all goes well, I'll have complex carbohydrates and I'll be very healthy, lots of fiber and it's going to be great. But you know, all of us have those moments where we're like, you know, I want to kind of have like some fun calories just this one time. And that's what we were doing as we were having biscuits. And so it was a fun calorie moment. Now, if you're going to have fun calories, make it worth it, right? I mean, don't let me go preach, preach on this, but shouldn't those calories be like something astounding? Like lemon meringue cake. You know, or chocolate mousse. I mean, help me, somebody. You have to have chocolate. But you know, you you don't want to have something mediocre. I mean, you're going to waste, you know, these are like, these are like cheat calories, you know, let it be something glorious, right? And so I've taken my bite and I'm chewing it. And I realized that, yes, this is a wasted calorie. It's like, I'm not going to eat this bar because I could be eating chocolate mousse right now. But also we had these biscuits that went really well with the coffee. So what I did is I, I traded out my bar, which, you know, and very sad, but the bar didn't make it. And instead I had a biscuit. But when I did that, it really impacted me like, huh, There's something Elohim is saying. So let's read Paul, surprise number two, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to do 6b through verse 8. So here's Paul. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 
Boom. What a boom. It's like a, you know, the truth will set you free, Mermy. Yeah. It's kind of resounding in here. It is. It's like a boom. <laughs> we have this little echo, so it's kind of nice. So it's with the truth, which is Jesus, that we were set free. So the enslaved Israelites were set free by the truth when they were in Egypt, and we are being set free by our Passover lamb, who is Jesus. And, and listen the way Paul said that, is that there's old leaven, and then there's the unleaven. So, so let go of malice and evil so that we can have sincerity and truth, and let that be how we celebrate Passover or Pesach this year. So today I hear Elohim saying something very similar to what Paul just said, and that is to get rid of the leaven that is in the way of something spectacular and astounding, the mediocre things that are in our lives. If we're going to have those calories, if we're going to have that celebration of the festival. Let's do it with the astounding. So what is this malice and evil? Well, it's the ways that we protect ourselves. It's the way that we promote ourselves. It's the way that we please ourselves to deal with the pain that is unresolved grief. And it's the loud sound that God has given us for this season, for this time of our lives, which is let's walk through this journey of grief with God to become a people of joy, the wake of joy. Mm -hmm. Hmm. For God has anointed this Pesach to be a time of freedom, not just religious morality, but freedom, true freedom. We don't have like this ritual that we need to do called Passover Pesach. We have a time of freedom and it is anointed it's it's a it's a time that has been appointed by God where we're going to be with God because God has said if you will come I will come I will be there waiting for you in these seasons these are my appointed seasons so Jesus was looking for that generation of faith right he wasn't looking for just a, se- a generation of belief we are a generation of belief but let's be a generation of faith let's have intimacy with God this Pesach because that's what Pesach is all about and when we do that it's going to be a time of healing healing for us as we continue our journey of being set free of all of those places of grief that are not yet resolved, that we continue to light our candles, continue to sit with God, journal down those those griefs, and uh, deal with that pain. Yeah, linger in the lament. Linger in the lament, surrender to the sorrow. So let's let the light of Jesus reveal who Jesus is, which is the truth so that we can be set free from the pain that is leading us to protect ourselves, promote ourselves, please ourselves, do anything we can to deal with pain, but instead resurrect with joy. And then, as we do, because remember, you don't have to be healed to be um, a worker in the field of the harvest. Right, we're, we're all heels on wheels. Heels on wheels. We're continuously being healed. So we're, we're going to walk this journey of intimacy, not only to be healed, but so that we can be the gatekeepers and have a big old, good old-fashioned Pesach with Jesus, mm-hmm. sitting at the table with Jesus, just like the disciples did 2,000 years ago. Yes. Yeah. So I do want to touch back on the, the calories, because after, after that coffee stand... And after we cold plunged <laughs> in the ocean. Another very long story. Yeah, which we will save for another time. But we went to this bistro and it... Bistro sat- 14. Yes. And Captain is how old today? 14. Work it. Indeed. So so we went and uh, Sapphire had said, there's this cake they have there. You have to try it. Lemon meringue cake. And so usually it's lemon meringue pie, but this was cake. Anyway, usually desserts like that, when you're out, I will take a bite, like usually of yours, you know, and I don't... (laughs) don't Confessions by microphone, (laughs) starring Migdal. I don't always get my own. So, but she was like, no, you 
you need to each have your own piece if you're going to try it. And I mean, I was going to take one bite, but I looked down and the whole, the whole, the plate was empty. That's, <laughs> you know, but I was, I had the most glorious calories. So anyway, you should know something like that is in the world, lemon meringue cake. And Sapphire even said it wasn't the best one that she had had there. And like, well, I don't think I could have handled better than that. It was so amazing. So very cool that 14, which we know is none mm-hmm. and means royal priest, mm-hmm. just like the certain man whose house was prepared and ready with a guest room for Jesus is getting so cool. Yeah. And none also begins the word for miracles, which is, which is the, the season we are in. So, so I want to talk about Pesach, maybe a, um, another aspect that kind of weaves into this. Um, as we've been going through Lent, I've just been so aware of the word enough or the idea of enough. And of course, coming into Pesach, there's a, a huge element of enough. But I, as I've been going through Lent, I've been really just asking for the daily bread of enough and the fullness of of what it means to be provided for to be sustained to to have a god that does that you know that that cares for us and keeps us so well and and makes each one of us feel like we're absolutely the only one because there's such a, an aim at our our hearts, there's such a pursuit of us, but then also reveals how um, how much it means to him that we're together, that we are together as as his people. So uh, Axel gave me a sign years ago that says enough is a feast, and I've always just carried that. Um, that with me, you know, kind of as a heart tattoo, enough is a feast. And so as I've been really letting that be be a covenant word for me in Lent, um, I have been looking at at this element of Pesach, which is is the song that is sung, the Dayanu. And we've we've talked about this throughout our history together, but I want to bring it forward um, for us. Dayanu, that song begins with the words, which I will butcher, sorry about it, Kama Ma Alot Tavot, which means his goodness has been bestowed upon us. So the very beginning acknowledges it's his goodness that has done every single thing. So Dayanu, the song, lists 15 generous gifts that God has given, and not just given to history, but given to us in these forward days, because what was given from the beginning is still a gift today, and we get to continuously open those gifts in in daily bread. So that word, ma'alot, that's part of that phrase, um, it means not only goodness, but it also means ascent, which refers to the 15 songs of ascent found in the Psalms. And um, so it also, ma'alot also means steps. So it's the 15 steps to the temple. And so I, I hadn't correlated that before, and I just thought it was really significant because we, we, went through the Songs of Ascent in podcast, recent podcast. I don't, I didn't pull up those dates because um, my search I was doing wasn't, wasn't telling me, <laughs> wasn't getting me to them, but we'll, we'll get there later. But so all of it, these, this Ascent, these 15 steps, it's, it's all about revealing more about who God is and, and this relationship that we are in. So in the the Dayanu, you have it in five, uh, five stand, three five stanza portions, and then the songs of ascent are in these five psalm portions. So in the Dayanu, so it's it's this 
a conversation about being delivered and not just being delivered from, but being delivered to. And the Song of Ascent, these, the first five Psalms, talk about how the Lord kept them. So here's this just weaving of being delivered to be kept, but the recognition that even in that place of, of being captive, he was keeping everything for us, like nothing nothing was discarded. It, it has all been held for us. So no matter what bondage we've been in, this goodness was still kept for us for when we were delivered to the days that he always intended for us. So then the second five stanzas of the Deanu speak about the wilderness and the miracles that happen there. And the second five Psalms of Ascent speak of his goodness. You know, that he, the ways that he provides and that they could see the, his goodness all along the way. And then the last five stanzas of the Deanu talk about just they were so present to be grateful. And so it was this gratitude for his presence. And then the, the three uh, final psalms of the Songs of Ascent talk about the peace of being present with him, the completion of being in the presence of God. And so there's so much that um, is revealed in, in this song and in those psalms. And uh, really, the, the Deanu, as we recount, you know, that he, if he had only brought us out of Egypt, only brought justice, and the Egyptians, their gods, you know, if he had only given to us their health and wealth, each one of these, if he had only split the sea, it completes or culminates with, it would have been enough. And that word enough is sufficient or sustained. It, we would have been sustained. We could have lived forever on just that. So, um, so both the Deanu and the Psalms, um, it's both of them are talking about the idea of temple, because the Deanu that culminates in the place of presence, this temple that he's building for them, this place to be present. And then in the Psalms of Ascent, they're going to the temple. And so both of these reconcile us to the idea that we are the temple and that there's a purpose for the temple and for this whole story that is ours, and it's to be places of praise. So the Deanu and the Songs of Ascent remind us that we are, we are the temple, we are the places of, of praise. There's an, another message in both, and that's that redemption brings change. And so we're reminded that redemption is a process. It's a journey, and that it's the steps that hold the wealth. It's the steps that hold the enough, the sufficiency, where we know we are sustained because He's sufficient. When going through the Deano and those Psalms of Ascent, you, you can't go through them without just recognizing Papa's miraculous intervention, you know, which is just how offered He lives for us, how offered He always is to us. And so it's a reminder for us to live offered, because when we do, we reveal He's sufficient. He's sufficient for every need, for everything that we have. So just like the Passover Seder makes us feel it's meant for us to enter into as if we personally experience the exodus from Egypt and the redemption from slavery to freedom, that it is our story, um, that's also true for the Deanu because it, it calls us to to a mindfulness about the way we currently live. How have we been influenced by our history? How has it changed us? How has it been part of our process of where we're going? Because we really aren't going 
from just our our point of origin. We we live from the origin, from the whole story, from every part of it, from creation, and from uh, from the story of humanity, the the story humanity has told, you know, from the beginning, and so. The Dayanu, the recounting of that reminds us that there, there is an origin way to live. There's a way we've always been given to live. There's a different outlook on wealth and consuming and a sufficiency that's very countercultural. It's very counter to the culture that no matter what um, generation we've been in, there's always been this counter to the way the world lives in the way the kingdom lives. And so the Dayanu reminds us of that, that we we do have this counter to that. And it, it reckons us with who is rich, who is truly rich. And the answer is the one who is content with what they have, the one who knows they have enough. Um, it also encourages us to carve out occasions for extravagance, um, to reveal that our God is extravagant. And so we have Shabbat, which is a time of extravagance. We have the holidays. We have these joyous occasions because we, we will never get away from the truth that grief is completed with joy. And so it reminds us that we carve out occasions for extravagance um, and we delight in those places. But the the journey of living with enough, with letting him be sufficient, are the moments that create what life truly means and that we're celebrating that we allowed it to mean that for us. So that just this simple song, the Dayanu, and, and what it's connected to, Pesach, Passover, the Spring Feast, call us to think deeply, to really contemplate what is enough. What does enough mean to each of us? Um, we, do we really, are we able to embrace all that we have? You know, I just recently read that there are actually studies about how much energy it takes to delete all the ads that come up on social media. You know, all those pop-ups, and, you know, I'm sure most everyone can say that they probably bought something, from one of those pop-ups that, you know, came up. I, I definitely have. But they actually have done studies of how much energy it takes to look at those, to go through those, to delete them, you know, to maybe take them out of your feed and all of that. And it's just this counter idea of what is enough. And so that's what the Dayanu and Pesach draws us to is what is really enough have we really considered what is enough and embraced what we truly have, what we've really been given that the world can't take away? You know, there are things that, that you can lose, and the Dayanu and Pesach is about what can never be taken because it's eternal. And so both, both the Dayanu and the Psalms of Ascent draw us to the gratitude that we can show every step of the way, you know, that we can show in every moment that we're grateful, we're thankful for every opportunity, even if um, it hasn't yet, it hasn't come to what we wanted to accomplish, but drew us to what He's always intended. Um, that's really the message of Pesach is gratitude for everything. Gratitude for everything, the matzah, the maror, you know, which I probably didn't say right, but that's the little, uh, you know, element that talks about uh, the bricks and that process. Um, and so then here's this Dayanu that it's put to music. It's a poem of joy. It's not a sad dirge. It's, it's a song of joy. Um, and so it's meant to be this eternal idea of gratitude that draws us close to he who 
who is an offering, who is so much beyond living offered, but but is present as an offering in all things in every moment in order to be sufficient for us. And so Pesach and the Dayanu, and I think those songs of ascent also invite us to, this will be a weird way to say it, but break each gift down. Because they could have just thanked him for deliverance. Like, thank you for delivering us from the Egyptians. But they broke it down into every single part and parcel of the gift. And so it would be like if you sent someone a thank you note, they had a party, and you sent them a thank you note, but you actually included every single element of that celebration and thanked them for each. Like if you had only had flowers, it would have been enough. If you had only set the table, it would have been enough. If you had only invited me to your house, it would have been enough. And so it's like this um, breaking down the gift into all of its parts and then putting it back together as a whole and just being in utter awe that you were part of that that you got to partake of that. I'm grateful for this and for this and for this, and you can't stop, you know, when you, when you, when you let it, allow it to be in all its parts before you, and you realize that you're, you were utterly saturated by the goodness of that event or that uh, relationship or that um, process that you went through to have that relationship, to, be able to be at that that party. I think of it when we have AR and winter tea, like we often know the stories of what it took for someone to get there, you know, and that there was something maybe that had to be overcome or there was provision they needed to wait for or, you know, just um, letting go of life for a few days, whatever it is, and like, you know, it would would have been enough just for that person to have said yes. It would have been enough for them just to come. But then they came and came so offered with who they were that we all get to partake of each other. It's just it's just like the most beautiful thank you note, you know, that can be written. It's so far beyond cliche. It's just like every single part there's gratitude for. Um, so so I think for us in this season we get to uh we get to really consider the enough of this life that we're living because that's Jesus in the wilderness you know which is part of Lent the wilderness is so much a part of Lent these these days leading up to Pesach Jesus couldn't be tempted not because he was the Savior, and that was his job to do. And so, of course, he would do that. No, he understood enough. He knew what it meant to be sustained every day by his Father. So there was nothing that the enemy could offer him that could compare to what he already had. He knew what he already had. He knew um, this wealth. He knew this sufficient life that was living. And so, um, that's that's this this portion of the story that we're in, and we get to really ask for each of our hearts. It's going to be unique for each of us. What is enough? And I think also, what have we had enough of? Like, what have we had enough of? Have we had enough of division? Have we had enough of of strife? Have we had enough of war? Have we had enough of these things? Because there's this really uh, like amazing portion, which I hadn't seen this way until this time now. One of the stanzas in the Dayanu is, if he had brought us to Mount Sinai, but not given us the Torah, Dayanu, and that that's, um, seems a little puzzling, you know, because of course you would want the Torah, but it was every step. But within that, it says that Israel camped they're opposite the mountain. So when they're at the mountain, which if he had only brought us to Mount Sinai, the phrasing is very interesting, and we've talked about this before, but Israel camped you know, at the mountain, and the word that is used says, 
he camped. It doesn't say they camped. And that's really important. It's kind of like Moses carrying the tablets in his hand, singular, because it expressed the weightlessness of, of, of the power of love that he was going to be able to deliver. But it says that the Lord, that he camped. And why that is important is because that word that's used for it means as one. So it wasn't that he camped. It wasn't that they camped. It is that one camped. That in this moment, and uh, the Dayanu says this, that if all that was accomplished was that his people stood united for one minute, one moment in time, that would have been enough. Like that unity, that would have been everything. And of course, the invitation, you know, was to come together, put aside every difference, everything that could divide them, and be one. And we've, we've experienced moments like that, this moment of closeness to God that, that would have been enough, those, that if that was all he had ever done, if that was the only choice the people had ever made, they did choose oneness. For that moment, they chose it. They cho- chose to let there be nothing that separated them. And I don't know, that's just really impacting me. Like we get to, you know, if only for this moment when we're gathered at Together or at this meeting or, you know, Wednesday night at the factory or Wednesday night in Napa, you know, just knowing people meet at different times. But every time we're choosing, this would be enough if we only got this moment together to be one, to have no differences, to have no divide, and to have Him abiding with us, dwelling with us, drawing our hearts together, that would be everything. But we get to ask for that every single time. We get to have that heart posture, that heart set every single time we come together. And then that it would be enough. And then from that place of contentment, we get to choose it again. And what if we do that every single time we come together to just have a moment like that where there's nothing separating. There's only oneness. I think we'd change the world. So um, this idea of enough, I just want to tie it to a couple of places. Uh, it's found in Malachi 3.10, which says, you know, we'll pour out a blessing until there, um, until you know that there is enough. One of the translations says, I will pour out a blessing until there is not sufficiency. And it's such an interesting way to say it. Another, another translation says, until my abundance can be exhausted. And what do we know as his people? His abundance can never be exhausted. That's how eternally he wants to pour out blessing on us in those, that Dayanu moment of if we just have this moment together where nothing divides us, where we choose him and we choose each other, where we look for him in each other, it would be, it would be enough, it would be sufficient. We would be sustained from this day forward by that. And we, when you're sustained by something, you don't, you don't leave it. You choose to live within that provision for the rest of your days. So until he is out of abundance, never going to happen. He'll never be out of abundance. He will never stop providing for moments like that of our oneness. And then I will also go to Paul and Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 he said, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness that the power of Christ may dwell in me. His grace is sufficient because it's inexhaustible, it is beyond measure, it's an overflowing abundance. Everything else that we know is subject to temporal limits physical decay, forgetfulness, but not his, not his goodness. It never runs out, and that's why Paul focused his focus in that moment and from there became contentment. 
Nothing compares. It's the place beyond compare. So that's the choice we get to make. Not wasted calories, but the richness of being together and being one. Yeah, gosh, you know, it's like any other source but God is exhaustible. Yeah. Any other source but God will fall short. Any other source but God will let you down. Yes. But God will never let us down. God has a never-beginning, never-ending supply Mm -hmm. of everything we need. And it is sufficient. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I I think for me in this these Lenten days and these days that lead up to Pesach and the spring feast and then the days of the Omer and then that'll take us to Shavuot, I really am pausing, I guess I'll say pausing to purchase <laughs> because I'm looking, is this something I feel like I don't have or does this would this allow me to carry covenant, to complete covenant, to reveal something about covenant. And so to not just be purchasing, but to be completing things and, um, you know, kind of fasting, (laughs) fasting purchases, you know, in order to pause in what's already provided and, and really discover my need. Like, do I, is this something that's being laid before me to, to reveal extravagance, you know, to reveal covenant, to reveal the fullness of who you are, or is it something, is it something I feel like I need to live temporally, you know, that's going to be temporary, that's going to be, you know, put in a bag and dropped off somewhere later. So, yeah. Glory. Glory. (laughs) Amen, baby. All right. We love you guys. We will be... Uh, Live streaming tonight. Live tonight. Live tonight. We'll see you then. Yeah.